not about the numbers. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's wow. what we're going to do with today because Jesus, the reason why he was so successful, because of, we're going to talk about level three, because he grew in wisdom. This was all from that speech. Okay. <laughs> here's, on, here's on three. He increased in wisdom, and by his wisdom, he solved many problems. Mm. So you don't have a money problem, you don't have a health problem. The only problem you have is a wisdom problem. Wow, that's so good. So a lot of people have a wisdom problem. Who can tell me what wisdom is? Knowledge that you I think stars. Knowledge that you get over time for your experience. My context for this one. Knowledge that you get over time. And your experience. And your, okay, yeah, so knowledge that you learn by your experience. Yes. That's wisdom. I would say yeah. too. So you learn, you learn wisdom by two ways, your, your past mistakes, your experiences, and by the experiences of others. And the stories in the Bible? And the stories that's great. They, they, uh, so the stories in the Bible brings you into an awareness. That's knowledge. Awareness. Knowledge like, is awareness of information. Wisdom is, is basically things that you've gone through, in the, right? Like things that you've experienced, learning lessons. There you go. Is that because a lot of people do the same thing. Mm -hmm. They're learning, learning lessons. Mm -hmm. yeah. They're learning lessons. Mm -hmm. So wisdom is applied knowledge. Mm -hmm. That's what wisdom is. Mm -hmm. Understanding is the insight of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Knowledge is an awareness of information. So, because you have an awareness of information, doesn't mean that you're wise. Because yeah, you don't know right. what to do. You don't know what to do. Yeah. Exactly. So we're drowning in knowledge, but we're starving for wisdom. And they said, teacher, uh, experience isn't your best teacher if you don't learn from it. Exactly. So, so that's what happens. When people are not in wisdom, guess what? No matter how much free knowledge you get on YouTube, yeah. <laughs> they'll still be starving for wisdom. Right. Right. Knowledge is free, right? Right. Yeah. You can get. You can pick up any book and mm -hmm. learn something freely. But unless you know how to apply it, then right. you're lacking wisdom. So wisdom is a spirit. It's called wow. the spirit of wisdom. Jesus increased in wisdom. Mm. And by his increasing of wisdom, he saw many problems. Well, if Jesus is God in the flesh, how did he increase in wisdom? What, what nature? His humanity. So his humanity increased in wisdom. So guess what? Our humanity needs to increase in wisdom. Right. Our, divinity does not, our divinity does not need to increase in wisdom. But our humanity needs to catch up with that. Wow. Now, wisdom is the ability to have a solution to any problem. Mm. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom's are, wisdom is solutions to any problems. Wisdom is the divine answer to any situation. So, if you got problems in your life, that means that you need wisdom. Mm. Divine answer. Yeah. If you're lacking problem, if you're lacking an answer or a solution, you will always think that the problem is bigger than you. Mm. And whenever you think that the problem is bigger than you, Harv Ecker said this. How many have that book, Millionaire Mind, by Harv Ecker? Oh, please get that book. What was the book called? It's called The Millionaire Mind. The Millionaire Mind. By Hal Ecker. Actually, he, he has a conference in Dallas, so. But he, he says, whenever you say, think that the problem is bigger than you, point at yourself and say, mini me, mini me, mini me. Because mm. any problem that comes into your life should not be bigger than you. Mm. You should be willing to solve it. Because right. you're always bigger than your problems. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's a, there's a, there's a Luke chapter 2, verse 43 and 52, speaks about when Jesus was 12 years old. Something happened when he was 12. The scripture says after the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. Luke talking. But they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for, on for a day. Now who's talking is Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph was carrying the boy Jesus. They was going back home to Nazareth. When they looked in the caravan, Jesus was not playing with the other little boys. He stayed behind. Have you heard the story before? Yeah. Okay, now watch this. And verse 45, it says, when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. Who know what Jerusalem is? Like, miles away. Miles away. What, what does Jerusalem mean in the Bible? The, the, holy, city. the holy city. Jerusalem is the city of God. That's where God's presence is at. So Jesus went, Jesus in Jerusalem, of course, they was there because they were sacrificing on the Feast of Passover. And they usually come on three feasts, Feast of Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. Those are three feasts that every male had to go to through the year. Scripture says, after three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Mm. Now, when did they find Jesus? Three days after. What's coming to your mind? Three days after. Three nights of the resurrection, right? Death, burial, resurrection. So they noticed they found him on the third day. Mm. Uh, Jesus is 12 years old. They found him, his parents found him on the third day. Why? Because you only find Jesus in the day of resurrection. Mm -hmm. So that was a typology of his resurrection. You only find Jesus on the third day. He's not in the first day or the second day. Mm -hmm. So his parents didn't find him on the third day. Watch this. And everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. So was Jesus brilliant? 
Yeah. Yes. Was he a genius? Yeah, yeah. yeah he was a genius, right? Watch this though. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Mm. Now I can use an application because where are people trying to find you at? Everywhere else. else. Will we see you doing your father's business? Or will, you, will we see you doing your own business? You're asking the question? Yeah, it's, it's a rhetorical question. Oh, it's yeah. Right. yeah. A, lot, a lot of people do their own business, but, the, they, but they're not doing the father's business. Uh, right. So if you're doing your own business, you're still lost. You're not found. Mm. You get that, there's a lot of souls that are lost right now because they're trying to do their own business and not oh. doing the father's business. But when people are searching for you, are they ser- can they find you in the house of God? Mm-hmm. Can they find you at church? Or are you an MIA member? Or CME member? Who knows what a CME member is? You come to church on Christmas Day, Christmas and Mother's Day. Oh, you come to church on Easter, on special holidays, that's when, that's, that's when you come. But you're not really faithful, you're not devoted to Bible study, you're not devoted to Sunday morning service, you only come on special days, probably family friend that you come, right? But Jesus was always in his father's house. They were looking for him everywhere, but not knowing that he was in his father's house. Now here, wow. here's the kicker though. Verse 50 says, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. Mm-hmm. Now the New King James Version said that he was subjected to them. Mm-hmm. Now watch this. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. So when did Jesus grew in stature and wisdom? He was a kid. Notice in verse number 46 and 47 he was astonishing them with his answers mm-hmm. and with his questions. Was that wisdom or was that knowledge? It must be knowledge. Knowledge. Yeah, that was knowledge. Mm-hmm. But when did he increase in wisdom? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, he, was, he was doing stuff. He increased in wisdom when he was obedient to them. <laughs> when he subjected himself to his parents. Mm. That's, that's when he increased in wisdom. Mm. Y'all, y'all see that? Right. Whenever you are not subjected to a higher power, higher authority, mm. you're not wise. Wow. He was he was God in the flesh. He was perfect man. He had to submit to his mother. His mother was simple. His father was his stepfather. Joseph was his playfather. It was only when he submitted to them that he increased in wisdom. Mm. So what does that what does that mean? You can be very pumped up in knowledge, mm-hmm. but unless you understand authority, you're never increasing wisdom. Mm. Wow. I see. There will, there will always be someone that can speak into your life. Right. You should always have a mentor because the mentor wow. is the only thing that really shows you how to increase in wisdom. Right. So when people don't have a mentor, they're lacking in wisdom. Mm. You catch that? So who is mentoring you in this season? Who is coaching you in this season? Who is leading you? Who is imparting something into your life to strengthen you? What does a mentor do for you? Coach. Coach you, man. Yeah. A mentor stretches you. Yep. A mentor expands you. A mentor shows you a reality that you did not know exists. When you look at the word mentor, what word do you see? That's a root word. Yeah. Man, right? Man. Yeah, man. Good. What else? Four. Yes. She's right. She's right. Four. But men, mentor. Mentor. So without a mentor, your mentality doesn't change. Without a mentor, you will experience a tormentor. Wow. You catch that? So people's lives are tormented because they don't have a mentor. Torment comes because of void of wisdom. When a person is tormented, when they're baffled, when they're confused, it's because they're void of wisdom. The mentor clears out confusion. You see? When he's on it. Yeah. When he submitted himself for him, when, when he submitted himself to his parents, he grew in wisdom. And watch this. And stature, which is, which is his physicality, his body. But here it is. And wisdom produces favor in your life. Wow. If you are a person of wisdom, you're solving problems, favor comes automatically. You procure favor by having wisdom. Mm-hmm. And he had favor with God and man. 
because he was born in wisdom. See, when you're not born in wisdom, favor is repelled against you. Mm. See, when you're not born in wisdom, favor moves away from you. When you're born in wisdom, favor is attracted to you. Mm. Mm. So my question to you is, what type of wisdom God has given you to attract the favor that you need? Everyone in here has a certain wisdom that's been given by God to them. Have you discovered your wisdom? Because mm -hmm. your wisdom, watch this, is discovered in your purpose. Wow. And when you don't know your purpose, you don't know your wisdom. Does that make sense? Yeah. When you discover your purpose, your wisdom is revealed. When, you, when your wisdom is revealed, your genius appears. So what is the wisdom that you have that can gain favor towards you? It makes any point. Question. What, is, what type of wisdom do you have? Um, I was in standard finance. Knowledge in standard finance. Yes. Powerful. Interpersonal skills. Powerful. Anyone else? Wisdom. What wisdom do you have that can gain you favor? Discernment. Is that part of the discernment? Yeah, is that? Sort of? Yeah, and discernment in. Like, for, well, for me, it's I'm very observant because of my past experiences. Okay. So when I see certain situations, I can that like. At, well, 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 here. The, the wisdom so I think you have, Anna, is leadership. Oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> 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 yeah. Leadership wisdom. Okay, okay. No, uh, but Sunny has business wisdom. Mm -hmm. It's for current favor to you. You see, you only become rich in your niche. Mm. Ah. And when you're not in your good. niche, you your so wisdom is located in your niche. Wow. And what happens is a lot of people don't know their niche. Wow. And so their wisdom, is, their wisdom doesn't have a voice because they're not moving in their niche. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So if I was to ask you to define your life in three words, how would you define it in three words? What would you want to be in three words? Well, I can't say that. But... <laughs> what? It has to be so concise that you can define your whole life in three words. Minds is theology, leadership, and culture. I live for theology, I live for leadership, I live for culture. That's all I live for. You go to my library, you're going to see those three subjects. I study, I study a lot, but those three subjects are my concentration. I, I like things with the same letter, so I thought of sales, service, and strategic. Yes. Mm -hmm. So sales, sales, service, and? Strategic, like strategy. Because I love planning strategy, like planning, putting together strategy, speaking so, it. Like so, because because wisdom is strategies, right? Mm -hmm. So to be more like concrete planning aspect, I just like yeah, words plan. with the same letter. So like, sales, service, and planning. I'm an over planner. I plan out. Strategic plan. Planning. Yeah, strategic plan. Okay, because wisdom is strategies, right? When you have wisdom, you're giving strategies to people. Yeah. That's that's why people pay right. you. Because they're paying you for the strategies or the ideas that you give. That's whether it's financial strategies or sales strategies, marketing strategies. They're going to pay you for strategies. That's a sign of wisdom, right? So, planning is really very good. Now, are you? I mean, how much hours are you investing in those three things that you're called to do? How much hours are you investing? Now, watch this. I say that because how many hours did Jesus invest in His wisdom? Three days. 33 years, man. Yeah, yeah, 33. He, he, knew, he knew his purpose. He knew why he was here. He knew where he was going. But when he, became, when he came to ministry, he had three years in ministry at the age of 30. He walked into ministry. He did what he was called to do. Within three years, he said, okay, I'm finished. Wow. I'm ready to die. Yeah, wow. Within yeah. three years, he turned the world upside down. Wow. Because through the 18 years, what we call silent years, 12 to 18, because he was 12 at this time, wow. he was silent and obedient to his parents for 18 years. Then he appeared again at the age of 30 to do his ministry. Mm. And he was anointed by John the Baptist or baptized by John the Baptist. And within three years, he turned the world upside down because within those 18 years, he was planning, strategizing, mm. spent time with his father. He knew exactly what he needed to do. Mm. And he didn't waste no time about it. So when he walked in ministry, he was going here to there. He knew where to go, who to pick up to be a disciple. Boom, boom, boom. Right. right. He was so precise because he, he planned his life well. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> See, wisdom cuts time, right? Mm. We're going to deal with that. Yeah, so my question is, how much hours are you investing in your niche? If you want to really become valuable in, in the world, you've got to add value by investing hours in the subject that you want to study in. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, here's the one thing. Now, I'm going to show you seven principles. 
how you growing wisdom. Number one, these were wise people. I'm not talking, I'm not talking to fools today. Hope you're not a fool. <laughs> we say this at Mouth of God, it's my church. If you become a fool, I can't be your friend. <laughs> See, I will be a friend as long as you're wise, but the moment you become a fool, I can't be your friend. How many want to hang around fools? No one. No, the Bible despises fools. God despises fools. What's considered a fool? A fool is someone that's insensible and unknowledgeable and unlearned. Mm-hmm. Someone that refuses to take on knowledge. Wow. That's what a fool is. A person that refuses to take on knowledge. Now, according to theology, a fool is someone that doesn't believe in God. An atheist is a fool. So when a person doesn't submit to God, doesn't believe in God's law, doesn't believe in God's way, doesn't believe in salvation in Christ, they're considered to be a fool. But a fool, from a natural standpoint, is a person that doesn't want to learn. They're insensitive to knowledge, insensitive to wisdom. So you can be saved, but yet still a fool. Because a lot, there's a lot of people, they love Jesus, but they don't study about Jesus. They're saved, but they don't, they want the person of Jesus, but they don't want the principles of Jesus. As many Christians, as long as Jesus knows my heart, as long as I know him, but they don't spend time in his words, so they're not right. getting wisdom. But the wise possess the habit of moderate, moderate kingdom speaking. Kingdom speaking. Kingdom speaking. Yeah. Who knows what kingdom speaking is? Uh, kingdom speaking? Yeah. What's that there? Just kingdom speaking. It's exactly that. The Bible? Speaking of the kingdom. Speaking of the kingdom. Okay. Kingdom speaking. We talking about prosperity, or okay, that's one of them. What are we talking about it today? Came to speaking and speaking wisdom. Speaking wisdom, yeah. That's all. Came speaking is wisdom, not speaking foolishness. Right. Most people, most people's uh, conversations are dominated by foolishness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. Came yeah. the Kardashians. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's dominated by foolishness, right? But when you speak the kingdom, it's, it's wisdom, that wisdom that edifies, right? Jesus said in Luke twenty-one verse fifteen, "I will give you a mouth and wisdom." which none of the gainsayers shall resist. A gainsayer is an adversary. So God, Jesus told his disciples, I'm going to give you a mouth, and I'm going to give you wisdom. So the purpose of your mouth is to speak wisdom. Oh, that's good. It's not for cussing. It's not for, you know, destroying people. It's not for becoming, uh, um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Not becoming sarcastic, not, become, not becoming a slander. Mm-hmm. It's, it's purpose to speak wisdom, the light of God. Go real quickly to Psalms 49, verse 3. Psalms 49, verse 3, real quickly. Psalms 49, verse 3. Whatever you fill with is what you're going to speak. Mm-hmm. So whatever information you're being retained is what you're going to speak. Right. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So whatever your heart, you're going to speak it out. Whatever you've been thinking about, whatever you've been meditating on, you're going to speak it out. Mm. So Psalms 49, verse 3. Who has that? Psalms 39 to 39. Chapter 49, verse 3. 49. Just 3? Yeah, verse 3. My mouth will speak words of wisdom. The meditation of my heart will give you understanding. Here, here it goes. So my mouth will speak wisdom, and the meditation of my heart will be of understanding. So by you meditating on that which you want, meditating on your niche, for example, finances, Brother Kelly, you're studying a lot of financial books, thinking grow rich, you're studying the laws of success, you're studying Anthony Robinson's book, Money, was well, a couple years ago, Money. You're just taking in that knowledge, you're meditating on that. Well, when people come to you to ask you for financial advice, wisdom's gonna come out of you mm-hmm. because you've been thinking about it, you've been meditating on it, you've been pondering on it, so your words become golden. Mm. So David said, I would speak wisdom because in my heart, I've been pondering on God's precepts. You see that? Now, go, go, someone get Psalms 37. Psalms chapter 37, verse 30. And verse 31. Psalms chapter 37, verse 30 and 31. I'm telling you, the moment you gain wisdom, you add value to your life. Your bottom line increase. Everything increases about you. How many heard that terminology, bottom line? Bottom line? Yeah. Okay. Of course Mm-hmm. Who, who knows what bottom line is? What, what is your bottom line? What my bottom line is? Yeah. Who, what, what is the bottom line? I always tell the time like the bottom line, but I, I don't know what it means. Okay. Your net, your net profit. What's there net you go. after all your expenses? Pay everybody. Yeah. You take home money. <laughs> net profit. Your, that's your bottom line. <laughs> your salary. It's your bottom line. Have you paid everybody else? Mm-hmm. Whatever you have left. So when you have wisdom, your bottom line increases. It's the bottom of the it's a, it's a business terminology. God wants your bottom line to increase, but your wisdom has to be heard. 
So your wisdom that solves problems increases your bottom line. What Psalm 37 says? Verse 30. Psalm 37 verse 30? Yeah. The godly offers good counsel? Is that it? Oh, I like that. What translation is that? Oh, I'm, I'm on um, New, trans, uh, New, New Translation. translation. Yeah. I like that. Say it again. The godly, the, godly offer, the godly offer good counsel. They teach right from wrong. That's and right. make God's law their own so they will never slip from his path. I like that translation. So good counsel. Because counsel strategies. Now, who has a translation? Uh, what kind of translation do you have, Justin? English standard. Which was, what does yours say? Verse 30. The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom. Oh. Yeah. yeah, the mouth of the righteous. righteous. And his tongue speaks justice. Uh-huh. And what's verse 31? The law of his God is in his heart. His steps do not slip. So watch this. We know that you are godly by what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You can tell me that you're a Christian as much as you want. Mm-hmm. But the way that I know that you're truly godly, you truly have a relationship with God, is by what's coming out of your mouth. Because if you're not speaking wisdom, I know you're not godly. You might profess to be a Christian, but the way that we know that you are a Christian is by you doing what Jesus did, growing in wisdom. Did Jesus speak any foolishness? No. (laughs) Everything that came out of his mouth was golden wisdom, even his parables. He He didn't waste time with foolish conversations. And if you did speak foolishness, he walked away from you. Because Jesus was focused on two things. He was focused on learning and he was focused on teaching. That's how you know when people are in, uh, that's how you know the right networks you should be in. That's how you know the right friends you should have. Because if they're around you and they're increasing you, then they're connected. They're called to be in your purpose. They're called to be in your destiny. If they're decreasing you, they're not called to be in your destiny. So when I get around people, the first thing that comes into my mind is wisdom. What is this relationship meant to happen? I mean, why, why am I in this relationship? What is, purpose, what is the purpose for this relationship? Mm-hmm. I ask myself that. What is the purpose for this relationship? Mm-hmm. Are they increasing me or are they decreasing me? Mm-hmm. Am I learning something from them? Or are they receiving my teaching? Because mm-hmm. if I'm not teaching them and I'm not learning nothing from them, then it's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. It becomes a disappointment. Mm-hmm. Well, where do you say in disappointment? Disappointment? Yes. To this, the word this. Uh-huh. And a point. <laughs> there you go. Appointment, right? Right. This means to miss. Mm-hmm. To miss appointment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. So when you're around people that are not connected to you, or not appreciating you, not uh, advancing you, and they're not getting nothing from you, you just wasted an appointment. Mm-hmm. You just wasted time. Right. It was a disappointment. Right. Makes that's sense. Good. That's really good. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's good. There, there's a lot of time wasters in our lives mm-hmm. because. We give them counsel, they don't listen, or you get you receive counsel from them, but the counsel that you're receiving is not beneficial to your life. Mm-hmm. So it's just a waste of time. Right. right. So, one more for time. The wise possess the habit of valuing time. How do you value your time? One of the greatest commodities God has given you is time. Right. Time equals money. Money. <laughs> time equals money. I was sharing with Brother Sergio and Brother Manuel the other day, we said Frank Pizza about hours. What did you put in your hours? Mm-hmm. Can, anyone manage, man, can anyone manage time in here? Can anyone manage time? Yeah. Like, again, like paper. Like a schedule? schedule? Like time management. Oh. Yeah. Can anyone really manage time? No, no. So, where did the term analogy time management come from? <laughs> the world? Yeah, do you? Well, you can't manage time, man. You only can manage your priorities. You only can manage the things that you put into time. So here is a kicker. What are you putting into time? What is your priorities? Do you have a priority system? Mm. Yes. Okay. That's good. Right. When you, you have that. kids, you have to, you have to prioritize. Right, Apostle? Yes. Right? You, you have to prioritize. You have to prioritize your sleeping, right. everything. Now, here, here, here's the thing I want to share that a lot of people hide behind their kids. Because they don't have true priorities. Wow. They don't have true clear priorities. Wow. So they become children centered instead of life centered. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's people that become church centered. Mm-hmm. They hide in church. Because mm-hmm. they don't have true priorities. Wow. They have life centered priorities. That's so crazy. There's people that become spouse centered. Uh, Stephen Covey had a book called Principal Center Leadership. I read it. Wow. You got it? Awesome. Right? <laughs> yeah, so people are spouse centered, they're job centered. Mm-hmm. They, they probably work out center. You They're see all these so buffs at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Eight hours in the gym. No, but I'm not in the 
was a kid. You just want your life. Because what? Keep up. You're a small brain. Right. So a good place to put your anger would be in the kingdom's hell. Yeah, now all of this kingdom, yeah. as long as it is properly prioritized right. to grow you, yeah. seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things should be added to you. Right. So yes, health is part of the kingdom, but it's not, it's that, not that's all that's not, the kingdom. That's not, then, so then, people, then people just focus on that and yeah. they just do that all day. All day. To yeah. like to hide away from. And like what, what uh, Brother Carl said, all the other areas of their life is dwindling. Yeah, that's so true. Because they have not identified the other priorities of their right. life. Because they're so centered on one area. Or they go to church, to their church, and fast and pray, but they don't study finances. Right. So they got a strong prophetic gift, but they weaken finances, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now they found the suffering because they weaken finances because they wanted a miracle to happen, something magical to happen. Right. And God said, no, because you're not, you're not valuing finances. I used yeah. to manage my time. Yeah. So I used to like be addicted to my calendar and manage every meeting, everything for business. And then two years, I got so burnt out in business, I was depressed. Uh-huh. So then I started managing my priorities. Yes. So there's things in my calendar that was like family time. And yes. I'm like, well, I should be working. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not about work. It's about family time is family time. Right. Times with my friends is time with my friends. Time with service and like nonprofit stuff is time for nonprofit. Right. And there's time for work. That's right. So it's not just a calendar full of work and I'm managing time, but literally managing priorities. So right. it's crazy that I went through that journey in the past couple yeah. months and hearing it through the context of, you know, religion and faith yeah. just gives it so much validation. It's very oh, powerful. Right. Now watch this because you, you have to divide it into urgent things versus important things. Okay. And many people, they're doing urgent things, but they're not doing important things. Mm-hmm. When we talk about important things, what is important things? Eat. Huh? Drink water. Drink something. That is. Like you have to, you have that, to at least get four hours of sleep. Okay, that, that is important. But I like what Brother, Brother Carlos said. Your goals mm-hmm. are important. Yeah. That's your important things. Goals that deals with your destiny. Goals that deals with your niche. Mm-hmm. Right, right. What's coaching, the other way, business, ACN, it deals with your niche. That's important things. That's what you value, right? Everything else is urgent things. And sometimes we get distracted by urgent things that we disregard the important things. And a lot of the time is wasted, right? So we're going to go quickly to Psalms 90, verse 12. I got to show you how the scripture. Psalms 90, verse 12. Now, this can't be up against the preview, so if you hear me speaking over the pulpit, then you know it's repetition. Okay. Psalms 90, verse 12. Moses says something very powerful in Psalms 90, verse 12. It says, Teach us to number our days. That we may that we may what? That we may get a heart of wisdom. That we may get a heart of wisdom. Mm-hmm. So remember the wise, they value time. Teach us to number our days that we may apply or get a heart of wisdom. Mm-hmm. What does your translation say? Salam? It says, teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Teach us to recognize the brevity of life that we may grow in wisdom. So watch this. How many hours in a day? 24. 24. 24. How many days in a year? 365. Okay. Multiply 24 times 365. You should have 8,700 hours. Mm-hmm. Is that right? 24 times 365. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. So, Sister Anna, how old do you want to live on the earth? How old do you want to live on the earth? 150. Whoa. One more thing. What was that? 150. 150. That is a faith expectation. Okay, but just say 100 years old. Okay. So subtract your age from the 100. It's a, uh, from 100? Yeah. 72. 72 years. Okay. Left. So 72 times 8,700. What is that? Six hundred and thirty thousand hours. Six hundred and seven hundred thirty thousand hours you have lived on the earth. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow, that's not a lot. Not a lot. Mm-hmm. You have that many hours on, on the earth. Wow. To finish Ooh. your purpose. Ooh. Wow, I'm gonna hurry up. That's good. So you need to jot that down. You're finding the altar with You have just num- you have just numbered your days. Oh wow. No so you waste hours on Netflix without waste hours. What's happening? Wow. Yes, yes, yes. You waste, you waste hours and. These hours are slowly leaking from your life because wow. you're lacking wisdom. Mm-hmm. You see, the wise, we put investments in the hours. We make our hours our employees. Every hour should be working to benefit your purpose and your destiny. 
And how many people don't look at time? They don't, they're unaware of that. They're unaware of the hours that are passing by. Right. Right. They, they sleep their lives away, 10 hours mm. of sleep. Ooh, right. You know, the wealthy, they sleep four hours, right? Yes. Right. Sleep four hours? Four hours, boom. I need my reach out. Because their purpose is so, so important to them that it's go beyond time. And there's sometimes a resting, season of resting. If you look yes, into yes. Ephesians chapter four, 5, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14, it says, walk circumspectively, redeeming the time. Not as fools, but as wise. So you redeem the time by walking circumspectly. Who knows what that word means? Circumspectly. Mm. Yeah. It literally means accurately. It comes from the word circumcision. Mm. Okay, circumcision is a cutting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the word distraction, um, uh, is it distraction? When you look at the word decision, mm-hmm. what word do you see in decision? Decide. Decide. Mm-hmm. We look at side or decision. Yeah, mm-hmm. What does that sound like to y'all? Incision. Circumcision. Circumcision. An incision, incision. and cut it off. Yeah. So a surgical doctor puts a incision on you when you wear surgery. Right. So decision means that you're cutting away something. Day mm-hmm. means day is the letter where we're from, are away. Yeah. So decision means you're cutting yourself away from distractions mm-hmm. so that you can focus on your goal. Right. So when you're decisive and precise, mm-hmm. then you're walking in victory. Right. How many people are indecisive? Mm-hmm. Indecisive is a rob, is a thief to wealth. A person that's indecisive, a person that can't make up their mind, a person that's in de- indecision, guess what? They're, they're stagnant in life. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that the enemy wants to put on you is a spirit of confusion to make you indecisive. You don't know what you want in life. Wow. So when you don't know what you want, you can't get wow. what you want. Wow. Right. That's right. That's good. Whatever don't make sense. <laughs> so wisdom makes sense. Right. To put sense in your pocket, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Jesus was so dangerous because he knew his wisdom. Now here's another one, because of time. Uh, the wise possess the habit of a perpetual learner. Yes. Are you learning things? Yes. Yes. Everything that I'm showing you right now is what Jesus increased in. Remember, he did not waste any time doing what he was called to do. When you look, when you study the Gospel of Mark, there's two words you need to look at in the Gospel of Mark: straightway and immediately. Mark shows you snapshots of Jesus. Straightway he did this. Immediately he did this. Straightway he did this. Because why? He was on an assignment. He had to fulfill his whole destiny within three years. The and, hustle. Huh? The hustle. The hustle. <laughs> the hustle is real, right? He had the hustle on the grind, on the grind doing his assignment. Hello? When you're in the kingdom, you got, you got to be a hustler. You got to be on the grind, but yet at the same time, you got to be learning something too. Because he's right. always learning. He was always growing in wisdom. You're not learning. If your library's not getting bigger, you're getting dumb. Because then you can't solve no problems no more. Come on now. <laughs> yes. You skip a meal, but don't skip a book, right? <laughs> Jim Ron said that. Skip a meal, don't skip a book. He says many people, they, they, they go, he said many men run to happy hour to the bar instead of making the library their happy hour. Right? And they're lacking wisdom because they're not learning. Go, go to Proverbs chapter 9, verse 8 to 9. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 8 to 9. Hold on with the right audience today. The wise, right? The wise, the wise, the hungry. The Proverbs chapter 9, verse 9. Proverbs chapter 9, verse, start from verse 8. And what does, do y'all know who wrote Solomon? I'm sorry, I said it already. <laughs> do y'all know who wrote Proverbs? Proverbs. Solomon, the wisest man in the earth. Yes. He wrote, he wrote the book of Solomon, he wrote the book of Proverbs, he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. He was the wisest man in the earth. You read those two books, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, you're on your way. Now check this out. The Bible said there was no man wiser than him. Yeah, right. He just made a foolish moment. He just had a foolish moment. Yeah. Because Jesus was... Huh? Greater than Solomon. Yeah. Yeah. But, the, but he had a foolish moment. Solomon had a foolish moment. Really? She had a foolish moment. Huh? Solomon had a foolish moment. Yeah. What, what was, was his foolish hmm? moment? Hmm? He had a thousand women. Concubines? He had 300 cocky minds, he had 300 cocky minds and 700 wives. The wisest men on the earth, but his downfall was women. Check this out. How many days in a, in a year? 365. Oh, he's wasting a lot of hours. I really want y'all to look at this. 365 days in a year, right? Yes. What's 1,000 divided by 365? 
<laughs> he could have slept. He had a, he had a, the power to sleep with a different woman for almost two years, for almost three years. Y'all see his downfall? And yeah. those women caused him to go astray to worship idols. Those women caused caused him to go astray to worship idol gods. So he left the God that gave him wisdom, and he began to worship idol gods because of these women. Yeah. Wow. All the wisdom. So he see when you look at Proverbs, he tells you, watch out. Proverbs chapter seven. Watch out for the strange woman. Watch out for boom, boom. Because he learned by his mistakes. Right. The, those were learning lessons. Learning lessons, right? Mm. Now there was there, now Jesus said there's a greater than Solomon is here. Guess what? Who's the body of Christ? We are. There we go. So we are greater, we should be greater than Solomon. Because mm -hmm. we should be learning from his mistakes. Right. But we're not saying that. Right. <laughs> we should be learning from what he did. Okay. Right. Now watch what he said in chapter nine and verse eight. To, to not. Eight, eight to nine or eight and a half? Uh, chapter nine, verse eight to nine. Okay. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will hate you. Wait, wait. So do not what? Rebuke the mockers. Don't rebuke a mocker. Y'all yeah. know what a mocker is? Somebody that's making fun of them. A mocker is one of making fun of you. A fool. <laughs> he makes fun of wisdom. Mm -hmm. So a mocker, when we talk about spiritual things, they, 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 we got time for this. Why are they doing this? They don't have time to learn. Mm -hmm. They're probably on the basketball court at fitness <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> they have time to learn. Right? The mocker makes fun of wisdom. What it says. So don't rebuke a mocker. Or they will hate you. They will hate you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. See, a mocker doesn't like correction. Right. Can't tell me whether I'm a grown man or a grown woman. Mm -hmm. They never like correction. So when your life cannot be corrected, guess what? You're not qualified for well. Mm -hmm. That's the, the purpose of a coach is to begin to correct the incompletions in your life. Mm -hmm. And when people cannot receive correction so they may do it properly, they're not fit to prosper. You see that? But right. you were a bigger wise man, he will, will love, you. love you. Now watch verse 9. Mm -hmm. Instruct the wise and they Instruct will be the wise men. Still. And they will be what? Wiser still. You give wisdom to a wise man, they become wiser. Mm -hmm. What's the opposite of that? Fool. What's this? Oh, I mean, teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. Teach the righteous and they will... So are you adding to your learning? Yes. Powerful. That's what you, if you're adding to your learning, you're adding value to yourself. You're becoming wiser. What did Jesus do? He increased in wisdom and stature. He was adding to his learning. The moment you're not a perpetual learner, you're not adding to your learning. You're, learn, you're not adding to who you are. You're devaluing yourself. Okay. How can a person become more valuable within one year? This is what Brian Tracy says. How can a person become more valuable within one year? Making, like, making as much mistakes as possible. Huh? Making as much mistakes as possible. I love that. Making as much mistakes as possible. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be successful, you can't be afraid of failure. You failure is learning lessons. But here, here's a precise way that you can add value to yourself. You need to add four habits. Four new habits to yourself every year. If you add four new habits to yourself every year, you're growing, you're increasing. Wow. So a lot of people don't add four new habits to themselves every year, so they've been, they're diminishing themselves, they're decreasing themselves because they're not adding four habits, they're not adding habits to themselves. Now check this out. Habit determines your habitation. Habit determines your what? Habitation. So if I have the same habits that you have, we can enjoy each other's habitation. Kelly, the moment you start changing your habits, your friends who are not growing like you would despise your habitation. Wow. That's why friends normally change, because you're, you're changing your habits. Your habits have created a new habitation for you, new environment. So now your friends that are old, that are used to the old environment can't handle your new habitation because your habitation is produced by the habits that you're producing. You, you catch that? Yes. So that's how you know when you're shifting and someone says, wow, you're changing. Yeah, I am changing. <laughs> I'm supposed to remain the same, right? right. <laughs> because I'm taking on new habits, and when I'm taking on new habits, the habitation that I'm, I'm carrying on to myself is attracting new friends that have the same like habitation that I have, mm. right? Mm. So here's number four: wise people possess the habit of fearing the Lord to avoid mm. foolish risk. We talked about that Sunday, right? Mm. Fearing the Lord. Right, fearing the Lord. Who knows what that means? Fearing the Lord. Sorry, respect. In five minutes, huh? Like respecting him. Respecting him. Mm -hmm. Okay, I love that. Fearing the Lord. Fearing the wrath of God. Okay, and a lot of people, they think about fearing the Lord is like fearing the judgments of God, fearing the wrath of God. Mm -hmm. and because they love and respect for what he wants to do. That's a real surgery. 
Yeah. But a lot of people in their mind they say, wow, I'm, I'm afraid of judgment, okay, I'm afraid of the wrath of God. So let me hear what you say. That fear, okay, is the lowest type of fear. Mm-hmm. Fearing God is really respecting God mm-hmm. to the point where you're asking him, what should I do in this situation? You're, you're conscious of his decisions in your life. Mm-hmm. You're not just doing things presumptuously, right? You're not doing things before him. You're sitting there waiting for him to speak to you. You're waiting right. for him to decide. You're trying to get that peace in your mind. It's, it's that reverence for his decisions, that respect for his choices. And when you start doing that, you start fearing God, you'll be aware of a lot of stuff. Let me show you a Proverbs scripture. Proverbs 14.24. Go there very quickly. Proverbs 14.24. And notice every scripture I'm showing sharing with you is from Proverbs, right? Yes. Because it's the book of wisdom. Pro means positive, verb is action. Yes. Proverbs is the book of positive action. But it comes from the word emra, literally means white sands. But you look at the word proverb, is that when you start studying the book of Proverbs, you should be producing positive actions. Not negative actions, positive actions. All right. <laughs> so what does 24 say about Sergio? The wealth of the wise is a crown, but the folly of fools yields folly. The wealth of the wise is what? The crown. The crown. But the, but the folly of fools yields folly? Yes, and what does verse 25 say? It says, a truthful witness saves lives, but a false witness is deceitful. I'm, I'm looking for another verse. I'm going to say What it says? Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress. Yes. And for their children it will be a refuge. Yes. They have a secure fortress. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're strong. They're always last. They're always become durable. Right? The prudent looks at the times of trouble, and they know they're secure because they're going to fear God. And once, once you do what God says and you're doing it his way, you can't fail. Because in God, there's no failure. I really want you to really think about that. In God, there was no... There's no failure. That's really good. And I always wondered that. I was like, why are we supposed to be scared of God? Like, he God, cool. But why are we supposed to be scared of him? Like, what's up? Yeah, but see, the Muslims, they can be afraid of God. Because they're not sons of God. Mm. Got that? Mm. Buddhists, they can be... They, well, they're not afraid of God. They're in Nirvana. They're trying to find Nirvana somewhere. But... <laughs> <laughs> But sons of God, why would, why would we be afraid of, afraid of our father? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Especially if he forgives everybody. You could be gay, murdering, just anything, and he's still going to forgive you. Everybody go to him and just, you know what I'm saying? Why would God be scared? I think, I think, I think we, we don't, I think it's a misconception is that lie the enemy. If you're not, if you're not staying in the word and stuff, you know, that's for me, I'm speaking my experience. Because yeah. I remember I used to say, oh my God, like, oh, God. I have to fear God, he's gonna condemn me, he's judging me, right? Yeah. That's because of misinformation from religions. Exactly. And so I think when you get into actually reading the word yeah. and understanding, for me, the new fear of the Lord is, hey, you know what, I don't wanna miss out on any wisdom he's gonna give me. Because I know there's a cause and effect, there's laws, right? right? He gives out the laws. And- Here's a good example. Anna, do you do things, that, do you do things intentionally to displease Sonny? Pre Jesus days, yes, I did, right? Yeah. Um, but now, you know, I you know, like you know, pre Jesus, but no, I don't. I, I, I do things to please him. Okay. Please and him. so when you do things to displease him, was it on purpose or was it Oh, uh, Sonny's a very hard guy to displease. No, what, 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 <laughs> no, what, what I'm saying is, what, what I'm saying is, because you, you will eventually do things that, that will offend him. Right. He will eventually do things that will offend you. Right, right, right. right. It's, it's all about marriage, right? Right, right. But are you doing it intentionally? Sometimes I do. Yeah. In that, in that moment, yeah, you're, you're angry. Yeah, but, but at the same time, if you, if you do things that hurt him on purpose, then you really love him. No. Exactly. You, so you might do it, but you're doing it out of, out of ignorance, mm-hmm. or you're just unaware, but at the same time, you'll catch yourself and say, wow, what I did was wrong. Right, And you'll right. reconcile to him because you really love him. Right, your right, love right. outweighs what you do maliciously against him. Right, right, right. right, right. So when you love God, you might do things that displease God, but you're going to feel some type of way mm. after you do it. because yes. Not because you're afraid to go to hell, because you know that you love him. That you love God. You yes. displease your heavenly father. So it becomes a different type of relationship. Right. So when people fear God, it's really they love God. Right. So every time we affect him, it's not because we're afraid to go to hell or we get judged. We know that we hurt him. We, right. Our relationship right. has been become a breach because we, we had this offense against him. Mm. That's the thing about the fear of God. It's that love. Mm. 
that I want to do anything that displeases him. I don't want to do anything that will offend him or grieve the spirit of God. You know, so that's, that's key. Now here, what the wise have the habit of listening to wise counsel. Bible says in Proverbs 19.20, hear counsel so that you may be wise in your letter in. Okay. Who knows what counsel is? People give you advice. People give you advice, right? Yeah. So you have ungodly counsel and you have godly counsel. So who's giving you counsel? Because Evan Lewis Cole says, counselors determines the destiny of kings. All wise kings have counselors. But if no one's counseling you, guess what? You're void of success in your destiny. And if you have bad counselors, they're predicting your future to fail instead of win. Let me go back to failure again. So when you're in God, God does not fail. When you're in God, you cannot fail. I want to bring that point there. I want you to really imagine that when you're in the presence of God, you cannot fail. So when you're around wise counselors at the same time, they will teach you not to fail. Many people, their marriages are failing, lives are failing because people are running away from counsel instead of to counsel. Right. So wise people attain counsel. Number five, the wise have a habit. Wait, number six, the wise possess a habit of productive building. That's it. Mm. Wow. So what are you building? Right. Are you building things or destroying things? Mm. Are you a waster? Watch this. Are you a waster or are you a person that's leaving a legacy in the world that says, wow, jobs and left an impact in my life? See, many people are not building things. And guess what? God, God has no concern with you building your empire. You should be building your empire. Right. Whoever tells you you don't build your own empire, they're not wise. <laughs> what is your empire? That's what I want to ask you. Have you identified your empire? What empire are you going to build in the earth before you die? It's like your vision? Your vision. Your vision. Yeah, your vision produces an empire. Who can tell me what is the richest place in the whole world? The graveyard. Why? Because a lot of dreams there. There's a lot of people with dreams that they have in a million dollar idea. Yeah. They're just scared to pursue their dreams and live out, you know. Yeah. Wow. So if they're if those dreams are unmet, those dreams are unfulfilled, were they builders? No. Opposite against wise people, wise people build. Okay? So go to Proverbs 24, 22, 23. I'm going to share this with you with folks. He increased in wisdom. This was the key to his success. I'm telling you, everything that Jesus did was with wisdom. He was coupled with wisdom. He, when he dealt with the Pharisees, he dealt with the adversaries. He dealt with them in wisdom. When he dealt with his disciples, he dealt with them in wisdom. When he dealt with families, he dealt with them in wisdom. Everything about Jesus was in wisdom. Hallelujah. Oh, <laughs> like Jesus. Hallelujah. Proverbs 24, verse 3. What does it say? Verse 3. Verse 3. By, wisdom, by wisdom, a house is built. By wisdom. Proverbs 24, verse 3. By, by wisdom, a house is built. Destroyed. Built. Built. A house is built. Mm-hmm. Mm. By wisdom. Uh-huh. By understanding. It is established. It is established. And by knowledge. Mm-hmm. With poverty. The riches and treasures. Pleasant riches. So when you have these three, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, prosperity should be your portion. Wow. Get away from those religious people and say, that God's not calling you to prosper. No, they just want you to be in church, loving Jesus, and they keep you at the cross. <laughs> That's not the prosperity God wants to give you, right? You're at the cross, you're, su- you're, su- you're suffering, you're struggling. Your kids are struggling because you just love Jesus, right? <laughs> not, not knowing that... Now, knowing that everything that Jesus did, he did it in a surplus way. Right. Mm. Right. He multiplied the bread. He multiplied the fish. Yeah. Right. With five loaves of bread, two fish, he multiplied it. What happened at the end? Jesus multiplied. Did they have leftovers? Yes. A lot. Yeah, Jesus multiplied. So, was Jesus ignorant of how much food he needed? No. So, why did he have leftovers? Abundance. He always over-delivered. Over-delivered. If you're going to be wealthy, you got to always over-deliver. Two things you got to do. Right? Carter Owen said this. Over-deliver and over-promise. Mm-hmm. People that are wise, they over-deliver. They over-deliver and they over-promise. You know what people that are not wise do? They under-promise. under-promise. And they give you the bare minimum. But whenever you live in the average life, instead of over-delivering, mm-hmm. you're not called to be wealthy. Jesus always over-delivered. Mm-hmm. Every time he multiplied, he says, pick up the fragments of bread. It was 12 one time. Then he fed another 5,000 another time. It was seven baskets left over. Everything he did was surplus with it. And when you start over delivering and doing more than what is expected of you, you will prosper. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, 
This wow. key here is for those who are ready to build something. Yes. I'm telling you, if you have no knowledge, if you, there's a wisdom in your life, you're losing treasure. Right. So what's the, what's the treasure you can have? What's the treasure you want? Because many people don't know their treasures. What's the treasure you want in life? Huh? Like a house for Yes. Specific. Yes. Mm -hmm. Me and my wife was just talking about this today. About, you know, our parents are getting older. Mm. Will we have a place for them when they get older? Will we put them in a old home? Mm -hmm. Some, a lot of people do, right? Yeah, I can't believe that. And it's not because they, they want to. It's because they can't afford it. They can't afford it. So they put them in a home. Right. Right. So what is, what is your, how, how many read the book by Simon Sinek called Why? Start with why? Yeah. yeah. Why? I mean, I buy. Yeah, start with why, and then against why. And I just know the like three different books. Right? Yeah, leaders eat last. Leaders eat last. Yeah. So, so what is your why? Why do you what? Why do you want to prosper? Why do you want to become successful as a Christian? This is how you're born. Huh? You're just born like that. You're born like that, right? Why? Why? Why do you want to prosper? Yeah. To live, to have, create generational wealth. Create a legacy with my children, you know. I, I want to start a fortune with me. Yes, mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So you gotta know your why. So what's the what's the why? Yeah. Why to evolve? Huh? Why to evolve? Become something better. Want to become something better? Yeah. Okay. Now watch this. Become something better is really finding your authentic self. Mm. Right. Higher self. Your higher self, because you you cannot become. The real you. Yeah. You cannot become better, you only can become you. Mm. Wow. Wow. For example, watch. For example, watch. Discover discover. When, when people when people are discover when people are discovering themselves. I, I I'm discovering myself, right? Mm. Look at the two words, discover. This means I cover. Well you you're uncovering yourself. Uncover yourself. Wow. That's so good. You took on the false self. You took on something that was not you. And then when you discovered yourself, you found the real you. You're saying to be to be Christ, to be like Christ. Yeah, because well, I'm telling you to be divine. Right. Christ is the divinity. Right. We we covered our divinity. Wow. That's a whole subject. So we covered our divinity cool. with this false manhood, right. false mm -hmm. womanhood. Right? Is our divinity right. covered under that? Right. When we start discovering ourselves, we start moving our divinity. Mm. That's where we find wisdom. Wisdom right. is in divinity. Mm. Humanity only produces sin. Consequences of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, so, Apostle. Okay, good. so is there any questions? Could you say about discovering again? You said discovery. When you discover when you dis when you discover yourself, you're simply uncovering yourself. Mm. I you're showing the truth. You. Um, you were created in the image God created. Yes. Right. You, you were created in God's image and likeness. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Genesis chapter two, verse twenty six. You're you're created in God's image and likeness. Mm -hmm. And what did he give Adam when he said, I created you after my image and likeness? He gave him something. He gave Adam something. He told Adam, he gave Adam a kingdom mandate. He, gave, he said, go take dominion. Mm -hmm. Subdue the earth. Replenish it. Why? Because I'm a, I'm a God. I want you to be a God. Yeah. So I want you to replenish the earth. I want you to Do subdue it. Right. The reason why we're not subduing the earth and taking over territory is because we're not walking our divinity. Right. Yeah. See, our image is lost. So we took on the image of our father. We committed probably generational sins. Our mother who probably didn't know herself. And so that dysfunction came to us, and now we think we, we're living inferior, mm. or living an average life, not walking our divinity, because why? Mm. They transferred their consciousness to us. Now some people don't believe in generational curses. I do. I do yeah. too. Well, the doctors do. Yeah. Some Christians don't. Isn't that crazy? Because the doctors will ask you, did your parents have diabetes? Did your... But Christians don't believe in generational curses. Well, what is a generational curse? It. A consciousness. Wow. Mm -hmm. That something was a conscious passed down to you. Your parents, if they knew better, they would have done better. Mm -hmm. They didn't know better, so they transferred that ignorance to you. Wow. Now somehow you end up doing the same thing they're doing, or worse than what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then or sometimes you realize what they did was wrong. You, you say, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not going to be like my parents. And you end up being like them wow. because you put a judgment on them. That judgment boomerang. Ooh. And you end up doing the same thing they was doing either. Because you didn't forgive them. You didn't release them. So that cycle still comes back to you. Judge, judge not, and you will not be judged. Wow, it just says in the Bible. Yeah, that's, that's Matthew chapter 7. So now you're raising your kids the same way. You, 
You have your final sandwich. Because you didn't release them. Yeah. So then any more questions? <laughs> yeah, I do, I do have one question, yes. sir. You were yes. talking about um, earlier, to go back on what we said about um, when the fear of the Lord, mm -hmm. right? And then, you know, when you do something that displeases Him, mm -hmm. right? What can people do? Because I know a lot of people get into that stage where, hey, hey, they get into that place where they feel they displease God and yeah. then they, um, they go backwards, right? Because yes. then they feel they're not good enough. Yes. You know, so what can, because I know there's, that, if God is a loving God, what can they do to get back in the place of, a good place with God? I mean, I was, I, when I read it, I felt so much better about that. Like, I feel like, uh, almost like a cleansing, almost like that, that, that feeling of not being worthy, because, oh man, I, I can't believe I did that, you know, something that displeased God. Like, for me, repenting really helps with that, and I just... Yes. I'm good. Okay. Let's look at the word repent. Mm -hmm. when, you, when you talk about the word repent, what word do you see in repent? Mm -hmm. Re yes. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, what does repent mean? To confess. To repent means literally to change your mind mm -hmm. that produces a change of action. Right. It's, it's from the Greek word meta, meta noeo. Meta means change or transition. Noeo is from the word noetic. So it's a change of mind. The Hebrew word is shuv, which means a turn of action. Mm -hmm. So you cannot have a turn of action unless it's first a change of mind. If you turn your actions without changing your mind, you're going to end up in the same state. Oh. Right. So the difference between just asking God, hey, forgive me, God, and then your actions are still the same. Yes. Right? So, so just changing your mind. So we're talking about changing your mind. We're changing our mind to align to the mind of God. Right. So that's when you, when you fear God, you see yourself out of God's mind. You have to repent. And let me let me get let me change my mind for God's mind. Mm -hmm. So it's an exchanging of the mind. I got to put on God's mind because right. I got to do what He wants me to do right. instead of what I want to do. Not my will, but Your will be done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's where that's where repentance is. Right. So you you find those moments that okay, wow, I'm doing something that's contrary. So let me learn how to center myself. Many people don't learn how to center themselves in God. Mm -hmm. how, how can one center themselves in God? Medi pray, meditate, meditate, meditate. Mm -hmm. meditation. If you find yourself confused and angry with somebody, find yourself frustrated with somebody, just stop, breathe, release the breath, and center yourself back into God. And you start seeing yourself moving back into a flow of peace and tranquility. Hmm. What word you see in breathe? Y'all know I love words, right? Philologists. Like faith, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like that word. B-R-E-A-T-H. Breath. Look in the middle of that word. Eat. Eat. So, as we go back to eating, eating can affect your breathing. Right, yes. Whatever you're eating can affect your breathing. Wow. That's why you eat grapes, because they're good. What? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, chocolate and all that stuff, it, it stops your breathing. See, chocolate and all that radical stuff, it can, it can keep you out of focus, it stops you from meditating, thinking properly. So foods that have no true oxygen and things like that, nutrition, can stop your breathing, can hurt your breathing. Wow. Can it. So people that's all, usually off-centered is because their diet is off-centered. Wow, makes so much sense. That's why fasting is important. Fasting centers you. Yeah. Yeah. Right, you're standing from something and it centers you back to focusing. God. How do you fast? How do you fast? It depends, it, it depends on what type of fast you're taking on. There's a, there's, there's a fasting called dry fasting. Dry fast is like drinking water or food for a certain period of time. So sometimes when I go on a dry fast, I don't eat at 6 a.m. to a certain amount of time. So I don't drink water, I don't eat food. What's the extreme fasting? That, that's extreme fasting. Dry fasting is extreme fasting. Wow. Yeah, that's, you're not drinking no water, no food. Yeah, now you need water in your body, right? Yeah. When you dry fast, you're not drinking no water, no food. You're just going straight. Just with God. Now, right, right. <laughs> then there's water fasting where you're not eating food, but you're drinking water. Right? And then there is a Daniel fast where you're eating certain vegetables for a certain period of time. So, so the Daniel fast, it's no fruits, right? It's just yes. vegetables. Certain, it's certain vegetables. Certain, certain vegetables. Right. Yeah, you're not supposed to eat any potatoes or yeah. nothing like that. No carbs, right? Yeah, you gotta look at it. And then there is the there is what we call the world fast. Where they, they don't watch TV, but they still eat food. Oh. That's not, but that's, that's not a fast. That's, that's not a biblical fast. That's not a biblical fast. No. Okay. 
And then there's a Catholic fast in Lent. Well, I don't know where they got that from. <laughs> but it's not a biblical fast. What? Lent. 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 Put, put them ash on your forehead and you still well, smoke and cigarettes. Not eat meat for 40 days. Huh? Not eat meat for 40 right, days. Right, that's a diet. No, that was, that's what you do in the Catholic. That's not Well, it's supposed to be some, symbolic because yeah. of Jesus yeah. going yeah. 40 days of not eating any food. Right. So it's symbolic that, you know, we can't just not eat food 40 days. So, so you catch it? It's it's simple. It, it's, so Jesus, what did Jesus do? No food. Right. So you're eating food. You're symbolic of Jesus, which is just a, you're just on a diet. You catch it? Huh? You can't go. You well, can't unless go. God talks to you. Let's, yeah, let's, 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 you. Like, you, if you call it being a prophetic realm, sometimes God will put you on a four day fast mm-hmm. where you drink water. Right? But Lent, like, I'm, I'm sacrificing certain foods, but I'm still eating food. That's not a biblical fast. Mm-hmm. Fasting means I'm not eating nothing at all. That's the true fast. You can water. You can drink water. There's a fast where you can go like a certain period, like you know, like just not eat from eight to two p.m. Right? Yeah, and that's still fast. That's still fast. So you set a period of time apart for God. There's also the scripture in Isaiah, right? Isaiah 58. 57. Yeah. Yes, Isaiah 58. 58. The true fast. The true fast that I chose, right? Well, that that fasting was just for the nation of Israel. Exodus was speaking in that time period. They was fasting, but yet still greedy, still selfish. Not yeah, getting yeah. it. I, I like them because it teaches like the actual principle more than just the action of not eating. Like what she would be getting out of the fasting, right? Right. What? Right. But that's for them. Right. Right. But right. I mean, we can like take but the principle and apply it. Right? We can. Right. We, we can take the principle because fasting should make you more of a giver. Now watch this. I tell people all the time: you fast and you're not eating, but you're not tithing and not giving. You miss the whole principle. <laughs> Yeah, you, you yeah, see that? A forgiving, right? No, giving. I'm talking giving seed, giving all. Right. That's what we. That's what we know. When people are truly fasting. They're, they're tired and stuff. They're not holding nothing. They're giving. Right, right. Because giving should. Because when you're fasting, should make you relate to the poor. Right. So right. You, you're relating to the oh. poor, and you're more compassionate. Right, right. That's one aspect of fasting. But the fasting, New Testament era speaking, is to hear the voice of God, to become clear, to get direction. When Jesus was fasting, it was for the purpose of casting out certain demons. Because he says certain demons will not come out unless there be by prayer and fasting. fasting. So there's certain spirits that stay in there until you fast enough to get rid of them. Mm. They, will, they will abide there. Oh, wow. Right, so uh, we, um, some churches don't believe in the demons, but we, we, <laughs> we deal with them. We deal with them. But that's, they, they will stay there until you get into a place of a realm of power mm. and fast and pray. Right. Well, um, <laughs> Sorry, any, more, any more questions? No. Okay. Quick, quick question. Do you are you on social media? Yes, I am. Winston Cooper. Winston Cooper. Yes, sir. Winston Cooper. My question was like, uh, so the fast that I've been doing is just um, no food. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would drink water though. So the one that you you're saying with no food and no water is that one like, is the prayer way more heavily going up? Is that going to be received faster? Or when when you do no food and no water, man, it's going it's going to weaken you. Like Moses, he had no food, no water for four days and four nights. He came down, right? He saw people worshiping the idol, uh, worshiping a golden cow. What happened? He became angry. He threw the rock, he threw the stones. The guy rolled down. God said, come back up here again. So he had to fast 80 days, no food, no water. Yeah. And guess what? He never got rid of his anger problem. Moses yeah. never got rid of his anger problem. Y'all ever, y'all ever notice that? Why could not Moses enter the promised land? The, 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 he, struck the rock. he struck the he struck the rock when he was supposed to speak to it. He struck it in anger, even though he had a strong fast side. He never got rid of his anger problem. Why is that? It was a generational curse. Oh. He was from the tribe of Levi. Levi was cursed by Israel. Said God will curse your anger because him and his brother killed a whole tribe mm-hmm. for raping the, the uh, raping this, their sister uh, Dina. Yeah, so Levi had an anger problem from the beginning. So even though Moses was still solid, the meekest man on earth, he still never dealt with his anger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so you could be a strong fast warrior, but certain things. Need a deliverance. So we'll stand and pray. Oh yes. Yo, yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, so like people would do like a, a like eating window, like they call it like sixteen eight, and I've done it like when I worked out. Yes, intermittent fasting. Yeah.
Okay, now, what's your name? Brandon. Okay, so Brandon, what, what's the purpose of that fasting? Uh, so like it re resets your whole immune system, like your whole body, like right. sets you like in a pattern. Yes, it does make you, makes you look good, right? Right, yeah. yeah. That, right. Like, well, no. That's not a spiritual right. fast. Exactly. Okay. It's a fast for the buffs, like eight hours at the gym, <laughs> you know. But is it a fast for God? Because their motive is I want to look good. Yeah. But it's not for God. So they're not praying and reading the word. No, it's, it's not for God. It's not yeah, to yeah. get closer to God. Let's get closer to God. But intermittent fasting can be directed to God. If you pray and yeah. pray and read. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, your eyes will sharpen. You talking about discernment? When you fast, your discernment will become sharper. You get into business meetings and stuff like that, come sharper. Boom. Father, we just thank you today. We just give you praise. We give you glory. We just thank you for all that you're doing. I thank you for this powerful group, this powerful team, this team of greatness, this team of wise men and women. I thank you for just imparting to us a revelation that will cause us to grow in you. Father, for we understand the habits that made Jesus, Jesus successful can also be applied within our lives. He had a strong prayer life. He knew what you were doing in the spirit realm. And he also grew in wisdom and stature and obtained favor from you and man. Father, with this law three that Jesus did, we declare that you cause wisdom to be our portion. We have no other desire but to grow in your wisdom. But we know that wisdom is the principal thing. And you told us to get wisdom, but you said in all that you didn't get an understanding. So I pray, Father, that the wisdom that you have placed within our lives will make us prosperous. Wisdom that you have given us to fulfill our niche, our assignment. Wisdom that you have given us to walk in our calling. I declare that it will become maximized within us. Oh God, let our vocation become our vacation. Let the thing that you called us to do bring us into rest. We rebuke and break the spirit and the curse of Adam. You said that the, that the sweat of our brow, working with the sweat of our brow, it comes from a curse. That's right. Father, we do not want to work with the sweat of our brow. Mm -hmm. We want to work in your rest. Yes. We want to enjoy the things that you have given us to do to empower humanity. So Father, let your wisdom be our portion. And let that wisdom give us the ability to be problem solvers yes. and not problem creators. Mm -hmm. We know that the power of darkness is meant to bring ignorance upon men. But let us become the light of the world. Let us become the city set upon the hill. And let us become the salt of the earth. In Jesus' mighty name, we give you praise and glory. Amen and amen. Amen. And if you guys want that mouth, Bible said mouth of God, crash out mouth of God. Oh yeah, uh, mouth yeah, of God. Yes, we need to push back. Push yes. back, push back, push back. Yes, because Apostle, you know, 